It's all the files of the whole park. It tells you everything. Sir, he's uploading the virus. Eagle One, the package is being delivered. Amidst tanking economies, a mounting global death toll, and surging geopolitical tensions between the US and, well, everybody, there's another war taking place over the internet. Nation-state hackers trying to steal secrets. But these secrets are on any future vaccine candidate. Tonight, as researchers race to develop a vaccine for the coronavirus, hackers from China and other countries are working just as furiously to steal that research to create their own. In other words, it's pretty 2020 that spies are stealing potential secrets to ending the plague and not nuclear secrets, missile tech, or stealth bomber designs. Motherboard reporter Lorenzo Franceschi Bicherai is on the show to dive into reports hackers from places like China and Iran are allegedly after any COVID-19 related intel. I'm Ben Maku, and this is Cyber. Lozo, as we call you here on the motherboard desk. This is a, I gotta tell you, I think this story and this whole concept is not something that I'm particularly surprised by as someone who's, who's looked at geopolitics, espionage, and cyber warfare, for lack of a better term, for the last few years. But it does, there are emerging reports that nation state hackers are trying to get whatever piece of intel they can on COVID-19, but also on COVID-19 potential vaccines. Tonight, intelligence agencies from the U.S., Canada, and Britain say Russian hackers are at it again. This time, the Russians are accused of trying to steal research on COVID vaccines. Yeah. Yeah, I think you you said it right. This is one of the stories where, like, some Twitter trolls will tell you, oh, yeah, water is wet, news at 11, whatever. And it's like, yeah, sure, you know, like, we expect uh, government hackers to do this kind of thing, but it's still very interesting when we find out that they're doing it. And it's interesting to see what they're trying to do exactly. So in the last few months, there have been multiple reports uh, that government hackers, mostly Chinese, uh, but also um, South Korean, North Korean, Russian, Iranian, uh, even Pakistani and Indian, have been going after all kinds of secrets related to um, how countries are dealing with COVID-19, the COVID-19 pandemic, um, what research uh, organizations are doing to develop vaccines, any information on treatments. Um, and I think that the way to look at this is that it's essentially a free-for-all. Uh, everyone, you know, after January, February, March, um, every, every, every government's priorities changed dramatically. You know, if at the beginning of the year, every government had their own um, priorities, you know, maybe India was worried about the border with China. Maybe China was worried about the Uyghurs. Maybe the U.S. was worried about, you know, potential Russian interference with the upcoming elections. Now it's all about the pandemic. Uh, you know, there's more than 300,000 uh, people dead uh, because of the pandemic around the world. Uh, the cases are still spiking in a lot of countries and everyone is scrambling to contain uh, something, you know, this unprecedented pandemic. So it makes sense that intelligence agencies all over the world are focusing mostly on on COVID. Yeah, and, and that's kind of an interesting thing too, right? It's like that 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 sudden switch. Like it really was the conversations around the 2020 election and what was going to happen next, what would Russia do? And suddenly this, this completely changes to 
how do we end this, this, this modern day plague? And then of course, people then send or nation states send their spies after secrets to, to essentially, you know, it's the, the, the chess match of geopolitics doesn't end. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it will be interesting to see in the next few years or even months, if, there will be reporting or we'll be able to find out uh, how this switch in priorities has affected other kinds of operations that are still relevant. You know, like, I don't think that the U.S. is all of a sudden forgotten about the Iranian uh, nuclear program, for example. But, you know, even governments like the U.S. that have uh, a lot of money and a lot of resources to do these kind of cyber espionage operations, they probably have had to, you know, scale down other operations and they're probably not prioritizing them anymore. So, so yeah, maybe we'll see that uh, governments are getting away with other stuff um, because everyone is just too wor so worried about COVID. Well, that, that's what's interesting, too, is because, like, uh, of course... The U.S. came out and, and basically accused Chinese and Iranian hackers of going after this types of these types of COVID nineteen intelligence mm -hmm. that, that that are out there. But you know, in both cases, there has definitely been a precedence for Chinese hackers, for example, going after everything. The report tonight lifts the veil on a kind of invisible war: China unleashing its full spy power on American power grids and the wealth of American manufacturing. From, you know, Benjamin Moore formulas for corporate espionage to, to then take and reproduce themselves to pharmaceutical recipes. I mean, even, even uh, Iran, I remember I did, I broke a story a few years ago how they were, they were caught, some Iranian hackers were caught going after Canadian, American and British institutions mm -hmm. or universities and going after healthcare, health science intelligence. Mm -hmm. And everyone was sort of like, well, what's the point of that? And now I guess yeah. like it, it all, it makes a lot more sense. To, I mean, it made sense to us and to myself then, but, but now I think people understand that when there's sort of this legacy of hacking and going after these kinds of targets, this is why nation states do it. And in times mm -hmm. like right now, it's even more important to be able to have those capabilities. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it's uh, I think it's important to remember that uh, this kind of uh, industrial espionage, if you will, is is not new. Especially China has been you know infamous for going after all kinds of uh, industrial secrets, like you know Lockheed's uh, um, jet uh, designs, uh, pharmaceutical companies' uh, secrets. Um, and research, even universities. Iran is the same. You know, all these countries that perhaps don't have the same level of, uh, you know, advanced technologies are using uh, cyber espionage as a way to shortcut, as a shortcut to get, you know, to get, to catch up with uh, countries like uh, the US or the UK or other, or European countries. So, yeah, as you said, I think that the most, uh, the most concrete example of this in the last few months is, the accusation from the UK and China, uh, sorry, the accusation from the UK and the US that China is targeting all kinds of uh, organizations, uh, both both government organizations like uh, you know the CDC, uh, international organizations like the World World Health, Health Organization, um, private companies like um, uh, like Gilead, and um, and their focus is collecting all kinds of information about 
COVID treatments, testing, and, and vaccines. Um, and then the, the U.S. came out, the U.S. and the U.K. came out with a joint statement about this and essentially told China, stop doing this because we see you. And I think what's interesting here is that, you know, we, as usual in, in the world of cybersecurity, we don't really know what the U.S. and the U.K. are doing, uh, mostly because they are better, I think, at uh, hiding their tracks and also because we often forget that most of the cybersecurity industry has uh, Western connections. So there's a, you know, there's a lot of interest in uh, from companies like FireEye, CrowdStrike, um, to like you know highlight Chinese or Russian operations, but not so much, not so much interest in uh, discovering or um, uh, highlighting operations from the U.S. and other Western countries. But I think it's, I think we sh- we should be, we sh- you know, I'm sure that like the U.S. and the U.K. and European countries are doing the same. You know, they're they're probably also keeping an eye on Chinese research uh, facilities and Chinese government response to the virus. Yeah, and I mean Gilead being the company that makes Remdesivir, which is a a, a treatment or a medical treatment, a medicine that can be used to lessen the the symptoms of COVID nineteen. I think it also it, it reduces the chances of fatalities. Very early results from trials of Remdesivir suggest this HIV drug actually might treat COVID nineteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was actually, I have to correct myself from earlier. The uh, Gilead was targeted by Iranian government hackers, according to um, a report from Reuters earlier this year, was in China. And and yeah, it, it makes sense, right? Like this is the one of the few treatments that so far seems to have uh, any measure of success against this virus. Uh, Gilead is a, an American-based company. So uh, Iran, which is a, you know, one of the countries that was worst hit at the beginning and uh, has very limited resources um, because of the sanctions uh, was likely looking for any kind of information on, you know, whether they can get this treatment or maybe reproduce the the medication on their own. It just makes sense that, you know, they would be interested in that. Yeah, and, and that's an important thing to highlight. It's not necessarily just vaccine intelligence. I guess this is also just classic geopolitical espionage in the sense that, I mean, it makes a lot of sense for someone that's an adversary of the United States to know what the responses are going to be within the government or 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 medical companies in order to either block it or make trouble because clearly <laughs> a weakened U.S. will help everyone else's position. And I think right now when you, what we're seeing is they want to know what Trump's going to do next because it seems pretty unpredictable. Yeah, unpredictable is almost like a compliment to Donald Trump, right? But I think you you hit another very important point. Like this is not just about, um, you know, finding a vaccine or finding a way to save lives. This is also more traditional geopolitics, you know, uh, trying to find out what the government's, uh, you know, your enemy, your enemies are thinking behind the scenes. It's also about probably trying to find out if, you know, for example, the numbers of infections and deaths are really what they what they appear to be, right? It's possible that at the beginning of this, especially the U.S. was like, oh, is it really, has China really been this good at containing the virus? Um, and, you know, we've seen just today that the White House has announced that, um, 
hospitals and healthcare facilities have been ordered to um, send uh, COVID data directly to the White House uh, and not to the CDC. And a lot of health um, uh, health experts are worried that this is a way to perhaps um, you know re- reduce the numbers and make it seem like things are going better. So this is something that like China would be interested to know, right? Because there's also there's also an aspect of disinformation and propaganda between these two superpowers. Um, you know, China is trying to position uh, itself as the new world leaders, saying you know we responded better. Uh, we are going to make the vaccine first um, and stuff like that. And so, so yeah, they're interested to see how the U.S. is responding. Yeah, I mean, my own intelligence sources, I remember early on when this was going on, were telling me that they were wondering at all what happened in China and whether or not it was true in terms of the severity of it, the numbers that were being reported, because they just didn't know. I think a lot of people don't know, especially when you had a, a bunch of journalists expelled from the country earlier this year, gathering information on China and somewhere like Wanzhou is, was just almost impossible. So I think that's when nations do turn to their intelligence to get the real data, the real information to then sort of forecast a response to a major adversary. Yeah. In some ways, the fact that countries like China or even North Korea are so closed and so good at controlling what information comes out of them makes it easier for them to makes it easier for for like for them to then focus on on other governments you know like yes china has a lot more open source intelligence about how the us is responding to this than the the other way around like we don't we don't know if like the chinese numbers are real um you know they've lied about very important stuff before so so yeah there's there's a sort of like an imbalance there that's by by definition because uh the western world is mostly democracies with very open information worlds uh, a lot of uh you know press freedom whereas in china it's obviously the opposite and as you said uh, very recently they have ramped this up by expelling expelling journalists also the recent national security law in hong kong uh they're doing all sort of things to keep information even more uh, within their, their their borders. And, you know, there's a, there's another aspect to this too, is cybercrime. Cybercriminals are using this entire event <laughs> to do lots of things. Yeah, this is probably the least surprising thing about this whole story, right? Like every time there is a major news story, um, cybercriminals will try to take advantage of that to, you know, screw some people and steal their money. Uh, it's almost like I've seen so many like PR pitches about, oh, you know, like hackers are trying to take advantage of uh, uh, the earthquake in, um, you know, Haiti or something to uh, steal money from from citizens. And, and, and here we're seeing the same, like cyber criminals from every, all over the world are sending uh, phishing emails, creating fake websites, and then sending them to hospitals, uh, private citizens in an attempt to like steal money, uh, perhaps redirect wire transfers, you know, taking advantage of the, you know, both the fear and the panic surrounding COVID-19 and also the fact that, you know, everyone is working from home. Perhaps they don't have the same uh, resources to uh, screen emails and and just perhaps they're just more distracted because we're all stressed and uh, we're all like, you know, dealing with all this major pandemic. 
Yep. And I think this won't be the end of uh, our conversations about the hacker wars or whatever goes on because, you know, we're not that close to the vaccine yet. And we're also, you know, we're, we're not even close to the rollout of it. And when the rollout happens, I mean, I think if there is a vaccine that works and another country doesn't have it, what's going to happen then? And I think we're going to have more conversations <laughs> on this topic. Yeah, I think that will be the big, uh, the million dollar questions for the next few years uh, or months and years. Uh, what happens when a country or a company develops the vaccine first? Like, will will countries come together and share? And will it be sort of like a, you know, a positive story where the world comes together against a common enemy? Or will we see, you know, the US or China use this as a, as a way to uh, assert their dominance over the rest of the world? And, and also, let's not forget that, you know, this is an election year in the U.S., so the next few months will be very busy. It will be. Well, thank you, Lozo, for being back on the show. I will Thanks, be speaking to you again. Always a pleasure. Bye-bye. Bye. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.